All right. Are you ready to read? Well, to discuss the article. <laughs> there, everything's going wrong. Fuck. Third time's a charm. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Carpet Time Confessions. I am your host, Deja. And I'm Tyler. And we're back. We back. And we back. And we back. Per. What's up? How are you today? I am alive. Um, <laughs> Amen. You know, um, I don't know. Today is just like it's been a day, but not a day. Like it's been a day, but it hasn't been like a day. Mm-hmm. Understood. Um, yeah, it was like kind of cold. Like <laughs> I was really? so cold today, even though... I don't know if it was like abnormal. It wasn't abnormally cold. Like it wasn't like single digits or anything. I think it was just the coldest that it's been so far. And so I wasn't ready mentally to walk from um, the parking lot to the building. And so I can only imagine what it was like taking the train today mm-hmm. and not doing that transit. What was the temperature? I don't know. Um, I think it was like 30 degrees, which again, not that cold, but it was a cold 30. Like, no, that's cold. I don't know what you're talking about. Not that cold. I mean, like, 30 is cold, but, like, it was a cold 30. Like, it wasn't, like, it wasn't one of them, oh, it's 30. No, it was a cold 30. Okay. Um, I think but, all 30s are cold, but. Of course you do. <laughs> carry on. And that is not just me being in Texas speaking, because I grew up in, like, negative 30. So I could deal with cold weather. I just don't like it. And 30 yeah, is cold, yeah. especially if it's like windy. And if that's the high, it's never making it to 30 until like four o'clock. It'll be 30 for like three minutes and then boom. No, nah, I think it got to like 40 degrees today because I had to put air in my tires after work and I wasn't really freezing. You're shaking your head. I had to put the air in my tire because of the temperature temper- mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the lie. temperature change. No, it's a lie. You need to change them tires. I mean, probably, but definitely. No, probably. Really, I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thorn, uh, yes, my thorn is that Trader Joe's didn't have any butter, and that was annoying <laughs> to me. Are you are you baking? Yeah, I need to bake something, and I probably do have butter, like in my refrigerator. But it's always good to just have more, and Trader Joe's butter costs less than like other butter. So I have so much butter in do my you? refrigerator right now. Yes, I do. Because I went to Costco like a couple of weeks ago and I got butter while I was there to prepare for Thanksgiving, but also like to have butter to have after Thanksgiving. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a surplus of butter. You'll see. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no butter at Trader Joe's. That was my thorn. Um, My rose is superficial. My thing, my rose is that I got a lot of compliments at work today. Your outfit? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was fire. Thank you. you my outfit and my hair. It was like, Miss, your hair is herring today. <laughs> and I was like, Thank you. I meant to tell you that it was cute yesterday, but I forgot. Even with the um, headphones on. <laughs> thank you. I looked Did crazy. You braid it? Um, or no, twisted? I didn't twist out. Okay, it's cute. Thank you. You're welcome. How are you doing? I am very tired. I don't know. Well, I kind of know why because I didn't really get good rest last night. But I don't often get good rest, so it's like I shouldn't be tired if that's what I'm used to. Yeah, yeah. But I am for some reason. I feel very like meh. 
Okay. I don't know why. I think I just need, like, need to reset myself. Yeah. Or as I would say to my sister, I need to go touch the grass. Yeah, <laughs> go touch some grass. Yeah. But um, I don't have a thorn, I guess, which is a good thing. And my rose is that I met with my advisor for grad school today. Mm-hmm. And I am still on track to graduate next fall. So, yes, very excited to hear that. I wish I could have done it in the summer, but they have like staff shortages, which I was um, made aware of today. And so that's making Mm -hmm. it difficult for certain classes to be offered at certain times. So the last two classes that I have to take during my final semester aren't going to be offered to the fall. Got it. So catch me December 2023, never enrolling in school again. (laughs) <laughs> and I mean that. I'm not going back. Okay. Not happening. <laughs> I am drained. Okay, right. But it was nice while it lasted. Well. I'm ready to I'm... like be free again and not have to worry about homework. Yeah. You know how ridiculous that is for me to be like, oh, I have homework. <laughs> oh, I'm too old for this. Not too old for homework. I am. Homework shouldn't exist. Boo. No homework. But that's it. <laughs> Well, um, glad, glad for you. Glad that you are on track with that. And I know that you're going to make it through and it's going to be great. I hope so. Keep wishing that because it's a struggle. You got it. All right. So what have you brought for us this week in terms of an article? Thank you for asking. Um, This week, I have an article from Education Week that is titled... Three Lessons from National Principal of the Year. So I wanted to keep it short and sweet and just give some lessons that um, the principal of the year allegedly has come up with. And we can discuss if you think these three lessons are principal of the year worthy. All right. Okay. All right. So the first lesson is pay attention to data and act on what you see. What do you think about that? I know it's important. It's important. <laughs> it's it's important. You know, data-driven instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to know where your kids are to figure out where to go next and what they're not getting to figure out how to reroute, re... What's that word? Not rehabilitate. Um, <laughs> re... 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 <laughs> oh, it's gone. I don't know. Like you must have uh, a song reintroduce that's not it it's you don't know this word i'm trying to say say the sentence again (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. when you have to do like an intervention to like re Re reteach no that it can't be that simple that's not the word i was looking for but forget it we're gonna roll with it i'm like you doing this (laughs) that's not how Reinforce? Um, I don't know. All right, we're letting it go. I don't. We are gonna let it go. Um, We're gonna move on. Uh, Yeah, data is important, even though it sounds daunting and like garbage. Yes, and the quote that I pulled from the article says, "Those who lead schools," she said, "must possess a quote willingness to look very carefully with your eyes wide open." At what is the truth in that moment. And I think there is a lot of power in that because you, as someone who, we didn't really, well, 
let me not say that. We did look at data. We didn't look at it in the way that I feel like we should have. And we definitely didn't use it in the way that I feel like we should have, like in the best way. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it is like critical and important. And I feel like if my school did at the time while I was there, we probably would have made a lot more progress. Do you use yeah. or like look at your <laughs> If y'all could have seen how big her eyes got before I could even get that sentence out. Not the math teacher not using data. Okay, so like... Uh Uh-oh, it's getting spicy. Well, it's not... We don't have like... um, We don't have like school-wide data practices or like times where we actually like have dedicated to looking at stuff like that. Like a professional learning committee. Do y'all have... Like, do y'all have PLCs weekly? Like... So... We have full staff meetings every other Monday for literacy where this lady oh. comes and talks about literacy. Yeah, that's oh. what I, that's the initiative this year. And then on the opposite Mondays, we have department team meetings right. where we do more stuff with literacy. So there's not ever a time where the math team is meeting and talking about math specifically weekly. Um, no, we are meeting bi-weekly as a math team, but talking about these literacy strategies. All right. You know what? No comment. Okay. (laughs) I'm a little confused by that, but, you know, I can understand now why you don't use, well, I can't say that because you could in your personal classroom, but as a like school campus grade level department, whatever y'all want to call it. It's y'all struggling over there. So, okay. Yeah. So any data is like stuff that I'm picking up from the students in my classroom being like, okay, they didn't get this. We have to redo this. Okay. Makes sense. And so it just happens in your classroom. It's not like a campus initiative type thing. Right. Cool. All right. Lesson number two is listen to students and teachers. And that one, I think even though it's plain and simple, I feel like it's one of the things that is done the least. Yeah, that's the one they struggle with the most. Like, it seems like it could all be so simple, yet it's not. And I agree. You should listen to students and teachers more. The quote was, my teachers have wonderful ideas all the time. She said, they are just fantastic, creative people. And someone would come to me almost every year with an idea for a new course They'll lay it out for me. It's like, yes, let's try it. So we prepare it, we plan for it, and we launch it to the kids. Again, that all sounds so simple. Like, you have an idea, let's figure it out and see how it works. But a lot of the times in schools, teachers aren't actually left to be trusted to do their job. And that was another big reason why I felt like I had to leave the classroom. Because in every other field, people are trusted to be the experts in their field Yet I Mm -hmm. feel like teachers are not ever. And that is insulting. I was looking for a better word, but no, insulting (laughs) is good enough. Like it is really insulting to feel like I went to school to study for this and you don't even feel like I'm qualified enough to like bring up ideas or trying to implement change at certain points in time. Yeah. Yeah. Listening, that is really difficult for people. I also think it's really difficult for people in like a position of power just because like when you listen, it might make you feel like you're not the expert. And some people struggle with that Mm -hmm. balance. For sure. And I think it's really unfortunate. Yeah. And I think being in a position of, for lack of a better word, power, but like a position of leadership, I guess I can say 
it's a yeah, that's a better word. Different to have to like release some of that control, or it can be. I can see why it can be difficult, especially if you are like seen as the leader. But I feel like leadership and power, leadership and power, is best shared. And yeah, I'm gonna leave that there. Any other thoughts on lesson number two? Um, no, that's a good lesson. It is a great lesson. All right. And lesson number three from the National Principal of the Year is nurture an affirming, supportive school culture and climate thoughts, concerns. <laughs> that, you know, that is oh, one of the most important things, um, because if that school culture is not it, mm-hmm. nothing is because like if the teachers aren't really feeling like supported and like, like a part of the community, they're not going to want to do as much to support the community, which then affects the different opportunities and things that the kids get and like those relationships and just, yeah, nurturing a a good, positive and supportive school culture is one of the most important things. I agree. And I think about like currently where I work and We use like different formats when kind of looking at quality, like education and stuff like that. And one of the first ones is like climate and culture. And those are the two things like fundamentally are like the basis of every like school building and opportunity, because even thinking about kids in the classroom, like when I taught kindergarten and stuff like that. Kids don't, they won't be able to learn somewhere where they don't feel safe. And Mm -hmm. just thinking about what are we doing in schools to make sure kids feel safe physically, but not just physically, emotionally, like we're tending to their needs in all of the ways. And I think that's extremely important. And the quote that I pulled from there was, everyone in the building is deeply committed to kids, each other, the sense of community, the health and well-being of our school. If it weren't for that, I don't know what would have happened to us. That's what sustained us and helped us make it through. And I think it's really important to to talk about the feelings amongst each other. Like you don't want to be in a building where, well, we've both done it. But like (laughs) theoretically, (laughs) you don't want to be in a building where you're not happy and the people around you aren't happy. Like that doesn't add to a positive school culture. And so making a intentional and conscious effort to promote that throughout her building all the time. Um, I think it's really important. And I think out of the any of the lessons that she could have decided to share, I think these were three very solid ones. And I think it's really interesting to think about how two of the three specifically don't mm-hmm. like aren't really tied to like school. Right? right. It's just like being and like listening to people nurturing people caring about people and that's what the world needs (laughs) what the world needs now is love sweet love um yeah because those last two are very closely tied together like Mm -hmm. listening to the students and teachers ties directly into creating that positive community absolutely any other last thoughts if you Um, had a lesson what would you put i'm not a principal so what if you were (laughs) i don't know she said all the good stuff. <laughs> she said all the good stuff. Yeah, I think mine would probably be something like the last one, just like nurturing people in the community and the space that you're in because we spend a lot of time there. 
Oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's important to feel like you don't want to feel like you don't want to be there. That's the worst feeling to have about work. Yeah. Because then it's time to bounce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was um, short and sweet, but I really enjoyed that. And I thought that um, those were all very meaningful. So I appreciate it. The principal also, let me just tell you, her name is Donna Hayward. And the school that she is at is in Connecticut. It is called the Haddam Killingworth High School in Higginham, Connecticut. Ooh, ciao. (laughs) (laughs) That right there. Sounds like something, but shout out to them over there for having the principal of the year and um, yeah. doing great things because throughout the article, if you read it more, it goes into like really specific stuff that like tied to numbers and like data about what um, she's been able to do at that school. And it's really incredible. Okay. That's great. Thanks for sharing. All right. So this week we have a guest joining us. Hannah, say hi to everyone. Hi. Um, I met Hannah during my time at Mizzou in the College of Ed program. We were both a part of the Early Childhood Education program. How have you been, Hannah? Pretty good. Yeah, just, you know, surviving through winter, I guess. I understand. Survival is always just (laughs) the goal, really. Um, Oh, yeah, it really is. (laughs) All right. So we are going to get into a game of word association, Hannah. So what will happen is I will say a word and you just tell us the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Okay. All right. First word is fall. Leaves. College of Education. Candace (laughs) Kuby. Oh my goodness. No, no, should, I, should I not have said her full name? I feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I she She's is. Great. I was just about to say, she is well renowned. Like, she everybody is, can yeah. look her up. She's written books and everything. So, we love Dr. Kubi yeah. over here. We uh, do. Yeah, we really do. Um, midnight. Oh, Taylor Swift. I hate it, but. <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> Tyler loves Tyler Swift, Hannah. Let, we're just going to throw oh, it out no, there. No, I, no, I love Taylor Swift too, but I like kind of hate that I love her so much. <laughs> oh, well, y'all have that in common because Tyler hates it a little bit. <laughs> right? I feel like the older you've gotten, the more you've hated that like you really do love her. It's just like, it's like I got to defend myself every time. Like, I'm tired of having to fight for my life. Like, <laughs> I agree. People are always like, oh my God, I can't believe you like her. I'm like, well, listen, like, I actually think she's a really good musician. <laughs> like, I, it's not I my fault her, the songs though. are good. Like, please. I'm yeah. going to let y'all have it. Yeah. I'm going to let you have it. <laughs> All right, Hannah, we got two more. The next word is freeze. Popsicles. <laughs> and last word is leadership. Um, Good quality. Oh. <laughs> Something that is lacking. All right. right. So first, I just want to start off, Hannah, by getting to know what did your journey to teaching look like? Like, did you know that you always wanted to be a teacher when you were younger? Um, Was it something that you kind of just decided upon in college? How did that go for you? 
Yeah, um, I actually didn't know I wanted to be a teacher until I was in college. So my first year, um, I was like, I'm going to be a social worker. And I was dead set on it. I still really like sociology and think it's really fascinating. Um, But the more I kind of like dove into it, the more I realized that I would probably try to adopt every single kid and I was just like this is not feasible <laughs> um, and probably not the path for me um I tend to like be a little overly empathetic to like a fault sometimes so I was like uh not this um and so then I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do I knew I really loved working with kids especially younger kids um and I had started working at an after-school program, um, and I really liked helping the kids like with their homework and just getting to know them and talking with them. And so I was like, oh, maybe education would be good. And I didn't even know that you could do early childhood education uh-huh. <laughs> um, until I transferred to Mizzou. I just did like a general education for a year at a community college. Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, early childhood, that's, that's the one for me. So. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can agree there. Like I never knew early childhood was like a program. Like for real. Yeah. I always just thought about like elementary education being yeah. it. And not to say that I didn't want a degree in elementary education because I clearly like taught elementary age children. And <laughs> like that wasn't it at all. But there was something just I don't know, very, and I think because of my background and originally wanting to be like a child psychologist and like learning how kids develop and things like that, that made me feel like early childhood would have been a little bit more interesting um, to me there. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that with (laughs) us. Um, So what was, I just want to talk to you about a little bit about your classroom experience. So during your time teaching, what, like, where did you teach? Um, What was the demographic of your school? What grades did you teach? Yeah. um, So I taught for four years and I always taught kindergarten. Um, I started off at a small Um, It was like a private Catholic school in Northeast Kansas City. And I really didn't want to teach in a private school. Um, I was really big on um, public education and I still am. I think it's really, really important. Um, But when I interviewed for the job, I ended up really loving it because they were they were a title one school and all the kids were there on scholarship. And so it was it was really cool because parents, um, they only had they just paid what they could. And so for some families, that was like a dollar a month. And for some, that was like the full tuition. And that that really drew me in. Um, I grew up going to a Catholic school and um, we I was also on a scholarship. And so it was something that was really relatable to me. And yeah, it just it felt like the right fit. Um, I taught there for two years and my last year there was like in the middle of the pandemic. So 2020. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty over this. Um, I was not really practicing Catholic anymore. I was kind of, but not really. And I I didn't really want to work for the Catholic church. So, and I really wanted to teach in a public school. So I switched to, it's called the Raytown School District. um, And I taught there for two years up until last year. Um, And I taught kindergarten there. I I really like the district a lot. I actually, I think it's, they treat their teachers very well, which I appreciated. That's great because we know. There are so many <laughs> who do not do that yes. at all. Oh, um, absolutely. <laughs> I, I am curious, just because you've taught in both private and public school settings, what um, 
what would you say is the biggest like difference for you or like what did you enjoy about one more than the other? Yeah. Um, oh gosh. I, mm, that's a tough one. I think something that was really cool about teaching at the private school was that I had a bit more flexibility in what I taught and I was the only kindergarten teacher. We only had one teacher per grade level. And so I had curriculum that I followed, but if I felt like something would fit my students better, I had like total freedom to kind of fit fit the lesson to their needs, you know? And that was something I really, really um, appreciated. At the same time, that made it kind of tricky mm-hmm. <laughs> because I would be like, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't know. It, it just made it hard because I think that I had a little bit too much freedom and not enough guidance, um, especially in my first year's teaching. Um, and so that was something I, I did appreciate about them. But I loved that at in the public schools, it just, everything was kind of laid out for me. Um, you know, I always had these plans to follow and I had amazing teammates that helped with everything. And I really felt like we were able to kind of serve and meet every kid. Um, and there was a lot of, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Everyone was really different, which I appreciated too. At my first school, um, it was mostly, I'm trying to think of the demographics. I think it was mostly Hispanic students, which was really cool. It was a different culture. And I really loved like kind of getting to learn about different cultural experiences there. Um, so it was kind of cool then to move on to a different school where it was a lot more diverse. We had students from um, kind of all over, which was really cool with a lot of different cultural backgrounds. And so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I think the hardest thing about teaching for a private school, though, was that it was it was really hard to meet our students with like learning disabilities, their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have a sped teacher and we would go through the public school district that our school was technically in. Um, But I still felt like a lot of the kids fell through the cracks. Um, And that was really hard to see because you're like, oh man, these kids really deserve, you know, they, they deserve the world. And we weren't able to really give them that. So. Yeah, that's definitely um, really tough, but I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about still being at the private school when COVID hit. Yes. How? How did COVID change your relationship to teaching? Yeah, um, it changed it a lot. I felt like that was my second year teaching and I felt like I was finally kind of getting it under like, you know, like under, like I felt like I knew what I was doing at that point. Mm -hmm. And so when COVID happened, it just like turned my whole world upside down. And um, yeah, classroom management was always something that I kind of struggled with. Uh, I tend to kids like they know that they can kind of get what they want out of me and so I had to really learn to be pretty strict um they were like oh Miss Rockwell she like she loves us and I would just (laughs) yeah they knew um and so my second year I was like finally like toughening up on them and being like no like they're not being like no but setting firm boundaries you know and getting those routines that are in place um And so COVID hit and we're back to online learning and that was really hard. Um, And I had just accepted the job at the public school right before lockdown. So I started Mm -hmm. at my new school um, virtually and then we went into um, like in person and I didn't know how the school worked. I didn't know like the routines and the procedures and I didn't really get to know staff very well because we were teaching online and everyone was kind of afraid to be near each other. Um, and so that, that was really, really hard. Um, and I think it like really kind of set me back in a lot of ways, not that 
I don't, I don't think it's like entirely COVID um, why I left teaching, but I think that that was kind of a factor for sure. So, yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something that I too can say that I struggle with Hannah, like it being our second year in the classroom and I was yeah. going into it like, well, I didn't really go in. Well, I did go in with positive intent, but that year was literally <laughs> hell. <laughs> like I had oh, some yeah. of the most difficult experiences that year. And so by the time COVID came, I was like a month before lockdown, I was like, I am getting out of here. Like I am quitting. <laughs> I am leaving. <laughs> like nobody is listening to me. I have no support. This child is abusing yeah. me every day. Like I am exhausted. <laughs> and then lockdown happened. I was like, hmm, all my problems have just like paused. And Wow, online teaching is great. Right. Like that <laughs> yeah. was just very different. But it was it was hard because you feel like you're just getting into your groove, you know what you're doing, or you're figuring it out and you want to be able to do better. But then I feel like we weren't ever really able to do that authentically because education has changed yeah. completely from what we knew. Oh my gosh. So much. Yeah. So much. So that makes it really, really difficult. Um, I want to talk about some of your like happiest or most memorable, proudest experiences um, in the classroom as someone who recently also left the classroom. Um, we did the same exact amount of time. I was there for four years, just like you, (laughs) (laughs) but There are just so many things like memories and positive things that I hold on to um, still even throughout the whole experience. So what were some of your like proudest, happiest, most memorable experiences in your four years of teaching kindergarten? Yeah. Um, so my my last year teaching, I had this student um, who I just I mean, you're not supposed to have favorites, but he was like for sure my favorite student <laughs> I've ever had. And um, I had his brother the year before and I just like I adore them. And when I um, told them I was leaving and I wasn't going to teach anymore, the mom like gave me her phone number and she's like, we need to stay in contact. And that was that was a really cool moment because um, I don't think I realized how much I had really like touched their family's lives you know and like affected mm-hmm. them um and so that was cool to be like oh wow like I don't know it was it was really cool um but one of my favorite stories is about the younger of the two brothers and we had a bathroom in our classroom um and uh, that class was really really bad about just like using way too much toilet paper <laughs> and me talked about it so many times like you need three squares max <laughs> like five maybe um but like no more than that and they just they did not care um and so one day the toilet's clogged we're doing guided reading and this kid comes out and they're like hey bathroom's clogged and i was like okay like close the door i'll call for the janitor no one needs the bathroom and we like go on with guided reading five minutes later this boy (laughs) walks out of the bathroom i had no idea he was in there and he looks at me and he's like holding his fist up in the air and he goes i fixed it talk to him so I like walk over there and I'm like hey dude like what what do you mean you fixed it and he goes well I pulled the toilet paper and out of the toilet and put it in the trash can and I was like okay so I love you helped um but that's really gross and he was like 
And I was just like, there's no other way to tell him that, like, that's disgusting. Oh because it is. And he's just no. like, you cannot do that with your bare hands. Oh, my goodness. And I was like, wash your hands. Like, again, thank you for trying to help. Don't ever do that again. Um, there was pee and poop in there. And he oh looks at me and he's like, pee and poop? And I'm like, yeah, that's what we call for the theater. <laughs> um, oh, that, like, my goodness. That yeah. right there, that was a good one. Like the, yeah. it's really just, it's really the lengths that children will go to to be helpful in their eyes for me. Like yeah. the amount of times, especially when I was teaching kindergarten, <laughs> that I had to say, "You're not being helpful. You're being hurtful." Like I said that sentence <laughs> so many times to children so while times, I was yeah. teaching kindergarten specifically, but like the other grades too. But. You're, yeah. you're not being helpful sticking your hand in the toilet, sweetie. You're, you no, are, you're not. No, and it's like, love the thought behind it. Very sweet motivation, <laughs> but that's so gross. Don't. <laughs> Such sweet. Oh my goodness. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. I needed that, that story. That was a good one. <laughs> because kids just literally do whatever. And it's like, who, like, now I want to know how many other times have you maybe done this? Like I know, I thought about that too, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to ask because I do not want to know the answer to that. And like, um, what have you done this in here before? Like, and I didn't know. And then you're touching things. Like, there's too, there's too many thoughts that come with it. So gross. Yeah, it's like some things are just better left unknown. That is yeah. very true. That is absolutely true. I would agree. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Well, kind of on the opposite um, spectrum of that, what do you feel was maybe one of your biggest like struggles or um, battles while you were in the classroom? Just something that was just really tough for you in any way. Yeah. um, So my first year teaching and at the first school I was at, um, my principal was like never at the school. She was there maybe twice a week at max um and so that was really hard because i'm like oh this is so new and so fresh and there's no other kindergarten teachers and i really have no idea what i'm doing um and we had a vice principal that was incredible and really helpful but it was just it was hard and i really struggled um and i've always like had a hard time um yeah classroom management has been a struggle for me because i will give kids too many chances um i do that with like people in life where i'm like oh you did something horrible but like i'll give you one more chance and it's like no there's a there's a limit um and so that was hard to navigate without having like kind of a firm leader there too and so when i went to the public school um i really loved my principal the first year and the beginning of the second year, she was really great. And then I kind of like made, not kind of, I did make a mistake with like a kid and a family where I just like could have handled the situation better. I don't, it wasn't anything like horrible, um, but it was just something that could have been done better. And the parents were very much like helicopter parents. Um, and so my principal like started to really micromanage me. And so I went from having like no support at my first school to suddenly like everything I'm doing is being watched. And um, it was like, your pencils aren't sharpened. Do you need to make sure your pencils are sharpened every day? And I was like, I'm so sorry. That honestly was not really what's on my mind <laughs> right, right now. What? Um, 
you're right. Like my pencil should be sharpened, but I don't really need a passive aggressive email about that. Um, and so that was really hard. And my principal told me she like didn't trust my judgment anymore. Um, and that's a really hard thing to hear. Uh And I talked to like all of my coworkers about it and they were all like, Hey, like, yeah, you made, you made a mistake. Like you could, you should have been stricter with a kid at the beginning of the school year. Um, but also like, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Um, but so that was hard because I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't even trust my own judgment anymore. Like everything I'm doing is wrong. When in like reality, it wasn't. Um, and I was doing like a pretty good job. Um, I just like struggled with a couple, like just one student in particular. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really tough. Yeah, that sounds awful. And I'm so sorry that you had to <laughs> go through that because yeah. it's okay, yeah. teaching is difficult <laughs> enough on its own. And I can't even imagine. You really emailing me to yeah. tell me to sharpen my pencils? Yeah, that would have took oh me my- out. Oh, I have never been so mad in my life. And it was so hard, too, because I, like, really loved her the first year. And I, like, asked for help and support in the classroom my first year there. Um, like multiple times and every time they're like oh well you know it's a COVID year that's it's okay and so then my second year at that school they were like all up in my business and I was like hey I asked you guys for help like I actually did everything I was supposed to do but no help was given to me Um, so maybe you could get out of my business and like actually help me now (laughs) but and they did they did like I I don't I have no like hard feelings towards them um even though it kind of sounds like i do i really do like <laughs> great people and like really good they just weren't well suited for me as administration so yeah that's such a beautiful way to put that hannah that is wow i strive to one day <laughs> be as eloquent as you because i would be like hell no like these people <laughs> did me so wrong <laughs> Like, I would not be given that much grace. That is a lesson to learn from you. How beautiful. I love that. Oh, no. I give too much grace. <laughs> Maybe too much. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to know, how did you, Hannah, know that it was time for you to transition out of the classroom? Like, when when did you know and how were you like, yeah, this is it. I'm done. Yeah. Um, so kind of when all that was happening with my principal, um, I had been seeing a therapist for a while and I was talking to my therapist about it. And I was like, I'm leaving work every day, just like feeling horrible. Like I feel like I'm really bad at my job, which is something I thought I was pretty good at. Like I always felt like I, well, not even felt like I knew I, I was really good at making those connections and relationships with students. And that was something I always like really prided myself in. Um, And I was just like leaving work every day, feeling like I was doing a horrible job and like everything was being questioned. Um, And my therapist was like, so how many days out of the week do you think you're leaving were feeling that way? And I was like, oh, for sure four, if not five. And she was like, yeah, that's not healthy. And I was like, what? No. (laughs) And there was a day when it was the day my principal was like, oh, I don't really trust your judgment that I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. And I honestly would have quit in the middle of the school year if it hadn't have been for my teammates. They were incredible. And I mean, yeah, your teammates are there for you for everything. Um, Unless you have good teammates and mine were the best. And so I would go into their rooms crying like every day and they'd be like, no, you're, you're a great teacher. You care about your kids. That's the most important thing. 
Um, and so I kind of stuck it out. And then <laughs> at, like Christmas time, the district emailed us and they were like, hey, if you're resigning, we'll give you $500 if you let us know early. And I was like, hell yeah, I want $500. So I resigned after Christmas. <laughs> wow. I've never <laughs> heard of that before. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they had a lot of COVID money, I think. And so I like, I mean, I waited until the end of the school year before I like actually quit, mm-hmm. but um, I was teaching for a semester knowing I was leaving. So, wow. Well, yeah. I think it's also really beautiful that you had such a strong support system within your team. Um, just speaking from what you were saying earlier about like the lack of support you felt like you had from your principal um, in the beginning. I'm glad that you were able to find that within other people in the building because it can be really tough out there. And having a cohesive and supportive team is not something that is always easy to come by. Um, True. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) So I'm glad that you were. Yeah, I got very lucky. I would like, I would do anything for, their names are G and Victoria. I would like die for them I would kill someone for them like literally anything (laughs) that is wonderful well Hannah I really do appreciate you for coming and talking with us today and sharing just a little bit of your story because we know it is so much deeper than this um and I just have one last little like question before we let you go is there any advice or just any tips information that you want to leave with teachers um yeah I think first and foremost like your students come first and so that was something that was hard for me um was struggling between like I have all this curriculum I have to teach and all these deadlines we have to meet but right now my student is crying because of something going on at home or you know etc and you you always take care of your kids first their emotional well-being is 100% the most important thing even if like your district and the state and the country is telling you it's not so yeah I couldn't have asked for better advice. You heard it here first, people. The kids always come first. And I think it's something that we all know and try our best to practice. But at times it can get very clouded. It's Um, hard. Yeah. It is very hard. But thank you for bringing awareness to that huge piece of information because we all need to hear it at times. Um, Thank you again (laughs) so much, Hannah for being able to talk to you. It was so good to talk to you and to be able to catch up with you. Um, I wish you nothing but the best on the rest of your journey. And (laughs) we hope to hear from you again soon, maybe um, one day. Thank you guys. (laughs) I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) All right. You ready to answer the wrap up question? Sure. (laughs) Okay. The question for this week is what did you learn or what change did you make in in 2022 that you want to continue into 2023 seriously yeah i'm making you think today oh my goodness you know i hate that oh i sound like one of my kids yep Mm -hmm. i'm glad you said it i'm so glad you said it look i am i can go first if you want me to go you can go first You've killed my nerves. Okay. The thing that I think I learned in 2022 that I want to continue to, I guess, practice in 2023 is the power of like 
really loving yourself at any point in time. I feel like to a lot of people, I maybe like come off as this very like strong and confident person in a yeah. lot of ways. Why did you, you say do. yeah like that? <laughs> well, because <laughs> you do. Yes, I do. And I learned that that's not really true. Not true. It's false. And a lot of the times it's a facade to try and not be vulnerable around people or not let people in or because I didn't want people to know too much. Because if you know too much, then like you might judge or you might have something to say or Mm -hmm. whatever other ridiculous thought was in my head at the time. But when I took the time to like really love who I was and like, this is who I am. Like, why are you, why are you hiding it? Or why are you scared to let people know? That is what really like gave me confidence. I feel like it made me realize like, if you love you, like no one else will love you if you don't show them who you are for real. So Mm -hmm. I am very happy to have learned a lot about myself this year. And I want to continue to do that next year. Okay. That's really, that's, that's a good one. Thanks. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> you um, still you need some more think time? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I do not know. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't learn the confidence in 2022. We that's still have it. We still got time. Um, or maybe that's something that you want to do for next year, you know, a goal. <laughs> or when goals. we make vision boards again. Because we need to revisit those to like see how many of the things. I don't think I did that this year. We did make vision boards together. Me, you, and Tyler. Remember? Was that for this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like forever ago, Ooh. right? Yeah, that was this year. I'm almost certain Nan vision was accomplished. <laughs> um, well, we tell need you to revisit that for this next go round because... I already have the theme for 2023 for me. Yeah. I've already, it, it it has already popped into this brain of mine. Yeah. So start thinking about it because you got like a month before we reconvene for vision board, vision boarding. So anyway, um, I, <laughs> I do not like you. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> um, I think that <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if I actually did this or or if I just became more conscious of it and I actually want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's be more openly appreciative mm-hmm. of people, um, just like letting people know that I appreciate them more frequently. OK, that's um, lovely. I just think that it's Im- I think it's important. I think that um, sometimes people might not know the things that they do that really like matter to you or the things that they've done that really impacted you. Mm-hmm. And just like hearing that, oh, I just hearing nice things about yourself is good. That yeah. doesn't make <laughs> it made almost no sense. <laughs> but like you understand what I'm trying to like say. Yeah, just um, it feels good to hear how something maybe that you did that you didn't think would have such a huge impact might have like really done something for someone yeah I love that and I feel like you do practice it you you do sometimes 
You do. You do. <laughs> you do practice it. But um excited to see that that's what you want to continue to practice in 2023. I believe in you. You can do it. Thank, thank you. I appreciate you for being vulnerable. Thanks. You know, that's not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> Growth. All right. Pop culture segment. Do you have song? I have two. I definitely have at least one. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yes, I do. Alrighty. So two songs that I have been listening to. First is I See You by Coco Jones. It came on my Pandora the other morning when I was getting ready. And instantly I had to double take. I'm like, mm, what's this little tune? I'm liking it. <laughs> and I have been enjoying listening to it. So I had not really listened to any music by Coco Jones before, mm-hmm. but I feel like I might have seen them somewhere. But regardless, I like that song. So in the other song off the treacherous Drake and 21 Savage album, I can't help but listen to it. Now, listen, I'm going to make a few statements off the top. OK, mm-hmm. there are I'm going to say four. Four songs I really enjoy off the album. I really don't go past like track six or seven, honestly. I don't need to because none of the songs I enjoy are after that. Um, but this song specifically, which is Spin Bout You, that song right there, it's been on replay. And there's just something that I really like about the way 21 Savage like flows on beats. I don't know what it is. There's something I really enjoy about his sound. And it's not right. the raps. Like, it's not the words always, technically. Mm-hmm. But I just love, like, his cadence and the way he sounds on songs. And that's another problem with me and music. A lot of the times, I'm just listening to the music. Like, I'm literally not paying attention to the words a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are my two um, jams for the week. All right. So, mine... One is Stargazing by The Neighborhood. Ooh. Was this new? And no, it's not new, I don't think. Um, but it was on this like playlist that I was listening to. And as soon as it came on, I started paying attention. Like I like had it on like in the background or whatever. And I said, Oh, wait a minute. This is this is this is giving me what I need. I don't know if I've I don't know if I've ever heard this song, but I love the neighborhood. It's good. Um I really I really like it. Um and the other one is gonna be random. Uh <laughs> it's the name okay. <laughs> the song is CVS. What? By Winnetka Bowling League. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that song, I just like it. I really, I've realized that I also like other songs by Winnetka Bowling League, but CVS was the first one that I had heard. And ah, I listened to it so many times <laughs> when I first it. heard the song. All I could ever need. Yeah. 
Okay. I was a little in the beginning, but I'm not going to lie. I was bopping my head. It gave me a little, get, you know. Okay. It gets you somewhere. Somewhere it gets you. All right. Winneka Bowling League. Learn yeah. something new every day. That's I, it. Honestly, I like them two songs I picked. Them some good songs. <laughs> okay. Defend your choice. Step up to the plate. I know sometimes I'd be throwing out wild cards, but like, nah, those are just good. Like, <laughs> I'm going to listen to the whole thing earlier because I did like that. And I love the neighborhood. So I'm going to listen to the, the rest of that song, too. All right. Good songs. Um, TV. Watched anything? Um, oh, OK. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Mythic Quest is back. OK. Um, Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus. It's back for its third season, and I am behind an episode, but I love that show. I, it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's like funny. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. You said it's on Netflix? No, it's on Apple TV Plus. Oh, Apple TV. It's like, um, yeah, it's kind of like a workplace comedy, but the workplace is like, uh, like a video game Mm -hmm. place, not store. Like they develop a video game. It's all right. That. But the dynamics are fun. It's it's just it's good. Okay, cool. Anything else you watch? Um, no, I'm behind on the White Lotus. Um, the second season of it, but I do like that Aubrey Plaza is in it and Megan Fahey from The Bold Type. Hmm. Okay. New additions. Yeah, like the this is a like an anthology, and so like the only mm. character overlap was Jennifer Coolidge's character. Okay, and like this, oh, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I watched one episode of CV, and it was Real Housewives of Potomac, and I... it was a mess. Okay, have you seen anything on like about this? No, on... no, okay. no. Well, I am going to discuss this just a little, though, not too much, but I'm going to say just enough. Um, Wait, before you get into it, my coworker was literally sitting next to me in our meeting today mm -hmm. watching this and not paying attention. Okay, yeah, because this episode, there's a lot. First of all, there was a altercation in the episode. So that's Mm -hmm. why I asked you, like, did you see anything on the interwebs about this? Because two of the ladies got into a verbal, like, disagreement over something ridiculous, Like one person is just in somebody else's business and causing drama at a table. Like you brought up something irrelevant to what's happening at the table. And now you're just trying to embarrass me Mm -hmm. in that conversation. Then the lady who felt however she felt, I'm not going to say that she was embarrassed, but the lady who was getting talked about threw some jabs at the other woman and said some stuff about her husband to the point where the lady got upset and threw her drink on her. Mm -hmm. And that's what started all of this. What I will say is, and I will say this with my full chest, if you throw a drink on anyone, you are a punk. Mm-hmm. You're a punk. <laughs> I'm going to say it like full fledged. You are too grown to be throwing drinks. You women are like 40. <laughs> are you serious? Be so for real. You are still throwing drinks. That's something I can say I have never done in my life. And I just won't. It's tacky. It gives it gives. No class. All right. Like, what are you doing throwing a drink on somebody at your big age? I don't understand why that had to happen. Then after the the drink was thrown, the lady was still antagonizing her, saying whatever she has to say about the situation. And 
she comes back, the lady who threw the drink, she like tried to like throw her phone at her or like did throw her phone or her purse or something, something else she tried to throw. I just don't understand. You're too old. You need to stop. It's getting out of hand. Like ladies, come on, ladies, come on. We're on vacation, ladies. Like, why Why is this happening? Why do you even invite someone on vacation with you where it's supposed to be fun that you know you have a problem with? That's what I don't understand. But I will also like to say justice for Monique, because just a few seasons back in season five, when Monique got into an altercation with Candace on the show, everybody was talking about Monique and talking about how she was a terrible person and all this stuff like that. And I just disagree. Because I love me some Monique and I do not like Candace and that has nothing to do with this. But what it does have to do with this is everybody is trying to say that the lady who like threw the drink and tried to hit her and all that, she wasn't in the wrong as much. And they were like consoling her and all of this. And so now it brings up the question of where was all of this in season five? Because the same people who thought it was wrong then are now saying that it was it's OK now. And mm-hmm. this whole like debate about colorism and all this stuff that I'm not going to get into. But I would just like for you to know if you throw drinks at people, you're tacky. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just that simple. I know you're all not right going to watch then. it, but I wish you would because it's so messy. It's so messy. It's so good. I believe. I believe. I know I'm going to send you some clips. Just watch the clips okay. so you can see the mess. Yeah, you're going to like okay. it. All right. Did you watch a movie? Probably not. No. Yeah, no. I've not watched uh, too soon. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. And I, too, have not read any new books, even though I was thinking about today, like, hmm, what book should I read next? I think I want to read another children's book. Okay. So maybe, um, maybe next time I'll have a new book here. All right. Stay tuned for that. All right. You got any announcements before we get out of here? Uh, absolutely not. No announcements. I don't think I have any announcements either other than leave us reviews, good ones only. Listen to the playlist, their vibes, and share. Share the podcast with the people that you love so that more people can hear us, so that more people can come and join us and share their story with us. And if you want to share your story, we would love to have you. Visit our website at carpettimeconfessions.com. Fill out that form and we will be in contact. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Do you know it, do it. are we rocking to it, to it? <laughs> are we singing the same song? Don't, no. Yeah, okay, I didn't want, I, I was just trying to, like, yeah, I didn't think so, but I like that song, too. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make that note. All right, and on that note, y'all tired of hearing from us, and I'm tired of talking, so <laughs> catch us back next week, and come and join us at the carpet. Bye. Bye.